Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Welcome back to the screening room. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com. Recently, by the way, we got to say thanks to Feedspot Blog Reader. We were just named among the top 100 movie blogs on the planet. On Earth. So, this planet. <laughs> yeah, this planet, which is even more impressive. So thank you very much. And be sure to check out MadWolf.com and our Facebook page, which is MadWolf Columbus, for all the written reviews of the latest movies. But here is where we talk about them. And we're going to start out with some big star power. An ancient princess is awakened from the crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia and terrors that defy human comprehension. It's the reboot of The Mummy. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I saw her. She is real. Please meet Princess Amanet. She will claim what she has been denied. It is not the reboot, by the way, of the Brendan Fraser classics from the <laughs> 90s. Boy, did those get bad. By the end of that franchise, they were just heinous. Well, you know what I think is funny? I, I, th- this happened when I first said I was going to go see the screening. I had a friend at work who said, like, sheepishly, I love the original. And I go, I did too. And then driving home, I'm like, wait a minute. You don't need <laughs> Boris Karloff at all. No, no. This is a reboot. They're apparently planning to relaunch the entire what they're calling the dark universe right of the universal monsters yeah yes exactly it's because it's it's absolutely important that every movie we see for the next decade or so be determined in advance in big universes right. and this is and uh, a few years ago uh, they made uh dracula untold mm-hmm. with luke evans it was terrible and then they were embarrassed by it so they're divorcing it from this universe didn't it's happen not, no didn't happen not part of this universe, and so they they launched uh, the reboots of the Universal Classics monsters with the Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. I mean, don't think it's the Boris Karloff version. It's a completely new Mummy story, and it's terrible. I just can't. I mean, it's hard to really sort of articulate all the ways in which this movie misses the mark. But there's a quick prologue which gives you the Mummy's backstory. It is wildly unimpressive. You know, she conjures a demon to help her do something to people who were sleeping that she could have done without the help of a demon. And then you <laughs> never understand what, I mean, it's, so then the entire world overcorrects by this utter amazing, terrible curse that they put on her for really just being a bad person. I'm not saying she wasn't a bad person, George, she was, but <laughs> I don't know that she was this epic evil. I mean, she clearly wasn't this epic evil. The whole thing is just stupid. And then they find her sarcophagus, they find her Egyptian sarcophagus, in Iraqi insurgent territory. That's a big, big, big piece of furniture to move. I mean, it's just... <laughs> and then they, like, throw, like, the, you know, oh, because they don't... Really, I mean, they, they address the fact that it shouldn't be in Iraq, but they don't explain why it is. But it just is part and parcel of a script that makes no sense, that just keeps hoping that all the CGI is going to draw your attention away from the shenanigans and nonsense. And But the thing is, so Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, right? He's kind of all superficial charm and, and uh, charisma. Nobody else in the movie has an ounce of charisma or chemistry. And he runs a lot. Did you see he the recent supercut that's making its way around the internet of just him running throughout all his movies? <laughs> I got to admit, it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, well, one of the things that, and, and I know what this is, 
I don't know how this is going to sound terribly catty, but there's a scene. Russell Crowe plays um, Dr. Jekyll in this movie, and there's a scene where Russell Crowe and 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 Tom Cruise are going to have some fisticuffs, and Russell says, "I'm an older man," but and I thought to myself right away, I don't even know the rest of his line. I'm like, I bet he's not. He's not. You looked it up. He's not. And, and you know, uh, Tom Cruise is two years older than Russell Crowe, although Russell Crowe is playing sort of the older statesman, and Tom Cruise is playing somebody young enough to be dating the hot woman in this. What I'm saying is <laughs> Tom Cruise is well-preserved. And in case you missed it, she did say Russell Crowe is playing Dr. Jekyll, as in Mr. Hyde, and that comes up as well, adding to the ridiculousness of this whole thing. Right. So, and then, you know, for just one half a second, and he introduces himself as Henry Jekyll, for one second, I'm like, drop it there. Drop it there, and that would be great because then, you know, anybody paying attention will go, oh, I guess that's going to be, you know, how they're connecting the universe. No, then they sledgehammer it home. And then what's in, in a sad, pathetic scene, and then what. I'm not going to get I don't want to give spoilers. I'm just going to say there is nothing about this movie that isn't terrible. Yeah, and one of the th- biggest things, the tone is just completely wrong. It isn't long before you get the sense what they're going for here is maybe a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of swashbuckling wise cracking vibe. Yeah. They're trying to do that daring do and it it just doesn't work. Well, they don't have the writing. I mean, they they don't, they don't say anything funny or insightful or, you know, wise cracky. But they, r- they try to throw in some humor though in, yeah. in very inappropriate moments yeah. and it just every nothing nothing fits. And even like you were talking about the CGI and all the action they try to throw in, still I found it Incredibly boring. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Alex Kurtzman, the director, I mean, he doesn't have a lot to work with in terms of the script or the cast, to be honest with you. But uh, but he he makes up for it for an absolute lack of instinct in terms of timing, of pacing, scale, tone. I mean, the it just plods along so blandly. Yeah, the mummy herself is played by Sophia Butella. You might remember from Star Kingsman. Tr- Kingsman, and she was also she was all under makeup. Uh, in the last Star Trek right, movie. Right, 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 right. Uh, and then you've also got, we've got Jake Johnson, who we like. That's, you know as what? As kind of the sidekick. So here's the thing. Jake Johnson's character would have been the one highlight from going. this movie. I know where you're going. We're not for the fact that his whole character and, and everything he says is stolen whole cloth from an American werewolf in London. It is. It's it was re- shocking. It really was lifted right from American werewolf in London. And then uh, you mentioned the weak uh, female lead, Annabelle Wallace. Yeah, just really, I mean, she looks I kinda feel bad for nice, her. very attractive. I but- think that The Mummy will be an epic bomb, and mm-hmm. her other big film this summer was uh, King Arthur. Another <laughs> epic stinky bomb. So. Not a good summer no, for Annabelle Wallace. No. So all in all, all in all, a very, very disappointing uh, start to this dark universe because now from at least what we hear what we read what do they got planned they've got johnny depp as the invisible, invisible man. man um who else javier bardem as frankenstein's monster this is the one that makes me weep Ooh. this is the one i just want to say javier bardem you don't have to be in these you're still <laughs> one of the greatest living actors you don't and he was just in pirates of the caribbean george is trying to make me cry i'll tell you that uh, we'll, we'll see because i have a feeling you're right i have a feeling this is going to be an epic bomb and then we'll see where the rest of the dark universe goes right. but the, as for a start it's a bad one and the mummy is very very disappointing so let's move on to something not disappointing. Right. And this one is one we've been looking forward to for a while. Secure within a desolate home, 
As an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son, but this will soon be put to the test when a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. It comes at night. I want to thank you again for letting us stay here. Just going to run through a few things. When we go out during the day, we like to stick to groups just for safety. The red door. It's the only way in and out of the house. It stays closed and locked. Most important thing, we never go out at night. Put your mask on. Nobody's sick here. Can't trust anyone but family. You don't get it. How old are you, Travis? If they're sick, then I am too. This is the second feature for a filmmaker named Trey Edward Schultz. And he, a couple of years ago, he had his first feature, very impressive movie called Krisha which uh, not a lot of people saw, got a lot of critical yep. Uh, yep. got a lot of critical praise, including from us. And it was really remarkable in many ways. One, that he used so much of his own life. He based it around events in his own life. He, he acted in it, and he used his real-life aunt named Krisha Fairchild as the main character. And if, if you can find it, seek it out. It's really, really good. It is about a family and how a very tangible threat can infect a family. And this is more about how a very abstract threat can infect a family. And it's very, it's one that we've talked about being on horror fans' radar for quite a while. But this, I think, might be polarizing to horror fans in the way, let's say, a movie like The Witch might have been. Yep, yep. But we found it incredibly chilling and well done. It has a lot in common with The Witch, right? Because there's a family and in a, an isolated part of the woods and uh, sort of an unknown, potentially supernatural, certainly not completely natural threat right. has them sort of become paranoid, turn on one another, you know, and so there, it does have a lot in common with the witch. But I think that for horror fans, it's going to be even more difficult to really qualify this movie as a horror movie. But w- w- the one thing we do know, that there's a plague. There's a plague and a sickness. Yeah, that some they, kind that they don't really describe. That is killing people off. And then there's maybe something else, some other unknown danger out there. But the main thing is they have established this order for survival. And one of the main rules is do not go out at night. They don't go out at night. They've boarded their windows. They've double locked, triple locked their doors with all sorts of uh, precautions. But they do not go out at night. And, and they do have a very functional... Uh, pragmatic but survival lifestyle. It's not like they've turned on each other. But then what I find is interesting when they, this other family comes in, the other family is very, very touchy, uh, um, you know, loving, demonstrative. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's the oldest son of, of the main family, an adolescent boy, 17-year-old boy. And the, the most of the film is through his eyes, and you can see that that this plague has turned his family into something that's more you know it was a parallel to i think a lot of times when you see your family and you see somebody else's family yes. to you that other family is better that other family has more love is more affectionate is more interesting well so this is a, an extreme version of that and in a very claustrophobic setting but the way he directed it it's it's very touching and and everything is very subtle in this movie and beautiful the cinematography is so gorgeous and evocative yes and also as he did with Krisha, 
the camera at times gets very fluid and it just pans its way around the inside of the house. And for me, it established a real definite separation between the inside that they're trying mm -hmm. to keep in mm -hmm. and the outside that they're trying to keep out, which was very effective. And um, from what I've read, uh, Trey Edward Schultz also based this around something in his own life, namely how he dealt with the death in his family, mm -hmm. kind of seen through the young boy, the, the teenage boy, the Travis character, and his nightmares and how he deals with this whole situation. And those nightmares really come into play because they keep us off balance in this entire movie as to what is real what is happening, and maybe who can be trusted. Sure. And I think they, they become very important. And you're right about him looking at the other family that comes in, especially him being a teenage boy. He looks at the wife, the young wife in the new family, played by Riley Keough, and, let, you know, he finds her attractive, and he starts to, you know, maybe wonder about a couple of things. But you're right. They are very touchy-feely, kissy-huggy. Uh, his own family is not, so there's a separation there, and it's a nice it's a nice contrast. So... While they do let this family in to take refuge, they're still, at least for the father, played by, we didn't mention Joel, Joel Edgerton, Edgerton, who's just wonderful. Who is always great, and he's solid in this movie as well. And his uh, his wife is played by Carmen Ijogo, mm -hmm. who is also very, always very yeah, good. Yeah, you'll see her She's a little underused also, in this movie. Right, she's in um, uh, Alien Covenant, uh, but, but you probably remember her best from Selma. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a strong cast, and uh, as the two families... Have this again. This this tenuous domestic order. There is a, a difference, and there's still a very very awkward or or very tenuous trust between the two. Right. And then things start happening, and and as you say, though that trust begins to get broken, mm -hmm. and uh, and how they may turn on each other, and that's what this movie really explores in, in a way that. I think is I can be summed up as human frailty. Yeah, it, it looks at at how tenuous human frailty can be, especially when dealing with fear and paranoia, and that's what makes this movie truly chilling. Right. The next film is based on the true life story of a young Marine corporal whose unique discipline and bond with her military combat dog saved many lives during the de her deployment in Iraq. Megan Levy. We need one dog team for a road sweep and surrounding area check. Levy, check the vehicle. Where's my dog? I need to see him. Oh, no, no, no. Can't let your whole life fall apart over some dog. That dog saved my life. Please just change his classification so that I can adopt him when he gets back. They aren't pets. They're warriors. What would you say to Rex if he were here? I'd thank him for teaching me what love is. I'll be honest, I was not really familiar with the true story being told here. It's a very nice story. I wasn't really very familiar with it. But what did catch my eye about this movie was the director, uh, Gabriella Cowperthwaite, who directed the really phenomenon of a documentary called Blackfish. Yes. That nearly brought SeaWorld to its knees Absolutely. a few years ago. Such an effective documentary. She directed this, and then it was co-written by Annie Momolo, who was part of the comedy team, the Bridesmaids and some others. So uh, she's one of the writers here, and it's certainly not a comedy. It's a very well-done, respectful salute 
to not only heroes of all breeds, but about how family can come in all breeds. And it's it's really well done, uh, I think surprisingly so, at least for me. Maybe I was wrong to not expect that much from this movie, but it wasn't that long ago I had to sit through a dog's purpose. Right, right. So, and, and also a couple of years ago, one called Max. Right. About a combat dog. Both, oh no. This one though, really, really solid. And uh, Megan Levy is played by Kate Mara, who is better than she's ever been. Uh, she's fantastic. Kind of a kind of a troubled soul. Uh, there's been some some events in her life that have caused her to kind of wander, and she ends up really with, I guess, nowhere else to go, joining the Marines. And uh, even once in the Marines, that she successfully you know completes uh, completes boot camp and everything. Even then, she's kind of wandering without a purpose until she finds her way to this dog training program, and then she really perks up and becomes ambitious enough to complete all the qualifications to get her into this program and then get a dog and eventually be sent to Iraq where she first is told that women are not taken out on missions only for training over there but then she does become part of missions and she develops an incredible dog an incredible bond with her dog named Rex who also has kind of a at least in the movie has kind of a troubled past so they're they're kindred spirits but one of the that's one of the many things in this movie that's not overdone and so and so easily could have been. Yes. You've got the military uh, boot camp kind of recruitment angle, not overdone, which was so overdone in Max. You've got the uh, possible jingoistic slice to the uh, whole war film part of it, not overdone. And that it, that's very it's very nice to see. It's and commendable restraint. It re- commendable restraint is is what is done here. Everything is done in such a respectful manner and just pulls back before it goes too far. And I'll tell you, it, it gets it gets very touching. It really does because it it uh, handles in a very humane and very uh, realistic way this incredible bond that can exist between not only humans and animals, but specifically humans and dogs. And uh, specifically in this instance, also how much value these combat dogs bring to to the service that they that they provide and how much they can also suffer once they get home sure uh, along with the humans so it's it's really overall it's it's really well done and uh, it's kind of to me it seems like it's getting a bit of a soft rollout i don't really hear much about this no movie. i remember seeing a lot of trailers for it but i have not seen any advertising proper for yeah. it so uh so i actually almost missed that it came out this week yeah exactly me too it was kind of under the radar maybe that's our fault but uh i would strongly re- recommend megan levy this week and next up this is the story of a young englishman plotting revenge against his mysterious beautiful cousin believing that she murdered his guardian but his feelings become complicated as he finds himself falling under the beguiling spell of her charms in My Cousin Rachel. How easy it must be for a woman like your cousin Rachel to twist you around her little finger. You know nothing about her. Or is it you who know nothing? You're completely infatuated with her. You realize you could lose everything. So this is an old-fashioned sort of on-the-moors British, you know, drama. <laughs> Beware the moors. That's right. Rachel Weiss plays Cousin Rachel. Always good. Always good. She's always good. And it's one of those films where you feel like you know where it's going to take you. This young Englishman played by Sam Claffin. You'll recognize him when you see him. He's in a lot of stuff. He's well, in some he of the Hunger it, Games The Hunger films, Games, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes back from school, and his uncle takes ill, and his uncle 
goes out to Italy to get some sun and recuperate. And then he these spotty letters. Oh, he's found a friend. It's his cousin. Oh, he's fallen in love with his cousin. Mm. Oh, he's married his cousin. Oh, he thinks his cousin is trying to kill him. And then, oh, he's dead. And then the cousin does these mysterious, unexpected things. And every time Sam Calvin's character thinks that he's going to finally let it, let her have it, then, well, then she shows up at the door and she's this very kind, weeping widow. She's, you know, but anyway, the, the whole, the film revolves around Rachel Weiss's performance, which is, of course, wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's always wonderful. She is. And there are times when the movie feels like it's being too obvious, but the truth is that it's taking you in some unusual places and feels a bit forced uh, it feels like the sleight of hand is a bit forced. But one of the things I did really like about it is that it, in her hands, it asks you to examine your preconceived notions. And, and, and so there are times when without really beating you about the head, she basically just says, everyone thinks these things because I'm a woman. Can't I just be myself can't mm. you know mm-hmm. do, does it have to be that i'm doing either this or that is it possible that i just you know and and um and again and without, really that plays upon those age-old even medieval views about women absolutely. just being evil under oh, the core absolutely and so and of course uh, i mean even the idea that she she makes her own teas even the idea that she's a witch yes. is joked once or <laughs> twice and it is it's just this sort of Oh my God! Can you just leave me alone without? I don't have to be conniving to be married. I don't have to have killed somebody. I don't have to be a witch. Maybe I just want you to leave me alone. And 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 I, and I don't want to. I mean, this it's a theme throughout the film. They don't. It's not a preachy movie, uh, but I think it's strongest when it lets her, with her very uh, true skill as a performer, make those points. Um, and it, you know, it is a film that's going to. You think you're being led down one path, and sometimes the sleight of hand is not as clever. Um, later when you think about it as, as it thought it was going to be but it's a very it's a decent movie and she's wonderful in it. and it's directed by roger mitchell who did Notting hill you changing lanes he's done a ton a ton a ton of movies over the years it looks great it's just not quite as i think strong and solid as it thinks it's going to be but it is a it is a pretty good film Pretty big week on home video, VOD, DVD, streaming, Beauty and the Beast comes out this week. Haven't heard of it. (laughs) This is one that I enjoyed very much. I think it's very well done. The negative thing here would be seeing it on a small screen. Sure. I think one of the real pluses about it uh, on the big screen was the look of it. It looked absolutely fantastic. So I think it's still worth seeing on the small screen, but maybe you can find a friend who has a gigantic <laughs> screen in the basement and see it there because it definitely gets extra points for seeing it on a big screen. Another one that comes out this week is A United Kingdom, which is an interesting true story. David Oyelowo plays a character who was in line to become the king of what is now Botswana, and he falls in love with and marries a white woman in London, played by Rosamund Pike. And then it's sort of the aftermath, what happens at home, what happens with the British kingdom, sort of the, the way that that Britain interferes with with the way he should be running his country. It's it's interesting. It's well done. It's not, I think, as strong as it could have been. When you watch a movie like this, it's hard not to compare it, especially with Oyelowo in it, to something as really brilliantly put together as Selma. But it is it is a good movie. Rosamund Pike is solid. Oyelowo is solid as always, and uh, and the sort of supporting cast, especially the Brits, they do a nice job. So it, and it's it's another one of those movies that came out last year where it's like I can't believe I didn't know this story. Yeah, exactly. So if nothing else, it is a fascinating story. Another one out this week. One of the biggest disappointments of the last year for us. One called A Cure. 
for Wellness, an ambitious young executive sent to retrieve his company's CEO from a strange, quote, wellness center, unquote, at a remote location. This one, well, was on our radar mainly because it was directed by Gore Verbinski. Yeah. And then we saw, even in the trailers, some incredible uh, visuals. And, And the movie does have some great visuals that just add up to... I think over two hours of silliness. Nonsense. The story is so stupid. Yes, we would definitely not recommend it. Also out this week, kind of a a little bit of a more personal movie for us. It's called Aftermath. It was one that was filmed here in Columbus, Ohio, where we are. And it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger in really one of his best performances to date. Uh, I was really impressed with him. And it's it's another movie based on a true life story of a man who seeks revenge against the air traffic controller who he blames for causing a plane crash, which cost him parts of his family and it's not a great movie but it's not a really bad movie either and uh, like i say an arnold schwarzenegger might be the best performance of his career and that's aftermath and there's one other it's a small film it's called land of mine and it's a world war ii drama uh about uh german pow's young boys who are made to comb beaches for landmines as part of their sort of pow service and it's it's brutal and Brilliant and and very, very moving and worth finding. Next week, kind of a mixed bag. Cars 3, we have not been impressed with the Cars franchise. No, easily the weakest Pixar family. Especially the last one, Cars 2, which I thought was just insufferable. Rough Night, Scarlett Johansson and some more buddies. Looks like, even in the trailer, doesn't look funny, which is surprising because it co-stars and was co-written one of the two women from Broad City. Yeah, I really would expect... So maybe we're wrong. Maybe the trailer just isn't I doing hope it so. justice. Also coming out, the story of Tupac, All Eyes on Me, and one that is getting a little buzz here called 47 Meters Down. I'm the excited about that. Is it wrong to movie. admit it? No, it's not wrong to admit it. It's the latest shark, shark movie. And I'm starting to get a little bit a little bit hopeful for that one. So we'll talk about those next week. But let us know what you thought about the movies this week. We're always available on Twitter. Always glad to keep the movie conversation going there. We're at Mad Wolf. That's at M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And as we mentioned, the website, one of the top 100 movie blogs in the world. Yay for us. Woo! It is MadWolf.com, and on Facebook you can find us at Mad Wolf Columbus. The Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.